very special edition of the Army Talk Spotlight Series, the series that highlights the people, the companies, and the technologies that are shaping the future of retail. I'm one of your co-hosts for today's discussion, Chris Walton. And I'm Ann Mazinga. And today, Ann, I got to tell you, we are just giddy with excitement once giddy. again. Giddy. Giddy. Yes, yes I'm giddy, Ann. That's the oh. best word I could use to describe right. how I'm feeling. Because go, joining us today yeah. for Shop Talk's very own Christina Gustafson and Joe Laszlo. And we are here to put them on the spot about yes. what we can all expect from Shop Talk 2024 this year. And when I say put you on the spot, I mean put you on the spot. So Christina and Joe, without further ado, welcome to OmniTalk. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for having us. Yeah, thanks. It's a great pleasure to be here. Longtime listener, first time guest. So, first time uh, guest. Yes. Yes. You've had Christina on before, but Joe, this is your first time. This is your maiden voyage. So thanks for being here. <laughs> Well, before we get started, you two, um, I'd love to just start off the conversation with you each telling the audience a little bit about yourselves and really your unique perspectives that you each bring to Shop Talk. Um, Christina, let's go to you first. So my role here at Shop Talk, where I feel like I've been here a lifetime in startup years, I think I'm coming on uh, my seven year anniversary, but I'm effectively overseeing all the content agendas, strategies, speaker lineups across our growing in global portfolio of events being um, Shop Talk, which we're of course uh, here to talk about today, uh, Shop Talk Europe, Grocery Shop, and uh, Shop Talk Fall, which is coming this October um, to Chicago. So definitely uh, a busy time to be here at Shop Talk. Um, but I come to the organization with more of a journalistic background. I uh, started my career uh, as a news associate at CNBC, went over uh, to Women's Wear Daily for a couple of years as a web editor, and then boomeranged back uh, to CNBC to cover retail for a couple of years. So I think um, to the extent that we'll probably chat a little bit about during the uh, course of this conversation, we really are very proud of the fact that all the content at our events is editorially driven and comes from sort of that independent um, third party perspective. And so so I think uh, my background in the journalism space uh, lends itself well to some exciting programming over here at Shop Talk. Absolutely. Also, Christina is not just a journalist, not just running content at Shop Talk. She is also one of the best trivia partners you could ever have of all time. <laughs> Christina and I, we we tackled trivia when I was down visiting in Atlanta yes. a few months ago. And let me tell you, you want Christina on your team. Uh, Joe, let's go to you next. Hard act to follow, Joe. I'm, yes. I'm, well, Joe, I'm, we haven't played trivia together yet, so I'm, we'll see. Mm, I bet you're very good, though. Joe's Something probably pretty good at trivia. I, I'm pretty good depending on category. I go very deep on science and nature and arts yes. and literature. Um, if you need a sports partner, I'm not so great, uh, but... <laughs> Category-wise, I'm pretty good. Um, I Like Christina, I've been at Shop Talk for a while. I'm coming up on six years, which uh, is kind of amazing to me. It's been really fun. I think one of the things that I love about the role is just how much retail has changed uh, yeah. from one year to the next. And, oh, yeah. and Shop Talk is a very unique vantage point from which to watch that change and to talk with you know, some of the smartest people thinking about and leading the change as it happens. Um, before Shop Talk, my career has been focused on digital media, marketing and advertising. I kind of feel like one way I sum it up at cocktail parties is I kind of go from disrupted industry to disrupted industry and kind of find these interesting places where I can help advise people, help people learn how to navigate all of the change and transformation that's going on, regardless of what particular you know 
area of change it happens to be. Right. Also, Joe, um, when you're not doing shop talk related things, you are a skydiver, which people should know. Well, one <laughs> time only so far. Still just once. You're a, okay. You're a skydiver, it's... Joe. Just leave it at that. You did <laughs> yeah. it one time. You get the title. Just run with it. I'm adding it to my LinkedIn as soon as we wrap this conversation. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. One more time than me, my friend. All right. So let's get started. And one of the topics that we know will undoubtedly be covered on the show is, of course, AI. So I want to ask you both, point blank, how do you plan to help retailers and brands in attendance come out with a better understanding of AI? And you'll notice that I was purposely, purposely broad in my use of AI as a catch-all term because I want you to explain on what aspects of it you plan to focus at Shop Talk because not all AI is created equal. Who wants to take that one first? Yeah, I'll kick that one off. And I actually think, um, Chris, I'm going to zero in on a different part of, of how you pose that question is my jumping off point, which is helping retailers and brands understand uh, the opportunities and challenges associated with AI. I think any conference like Shop Talk that is focused on innovation, there's a natural tendency to really be focused purely on the positives, you know, the, the trillions of dollars of economic activity um, that could be attributed to, um, you know, to your point, not even all of AI, but just generative AI in isolation is, is massive. And so I think the perspective that we come from is we want our audience to be really excited about the possibility of mm -hmm. these technologies, but we also want to be really transparent about sort of where companies are on this evolution of adopting AI. Um, I've been having a lot of conversations um, we met with our advisory board earlier this week. I was at an AI-centric dinner a couple of weeks ago about just sort of where a lot of the big corporates are on their AI evolution. And it feels to me like the overwhelming response has been there's a lot of testing and learning, but not a lot of actual implementation and scaling. Um, and so I think that's kind of the, the, the point at time with which we are coming together at ShopTalk that we really want to be mindful of as we're telling this story from our stage. So um, I would say a couple of things as it pertains to the specific agenda and programming just to, to drill a little bit deeper into those concepts. Um, I think, as I mentioned before, you know, we really want to be talking about sort of, you know, case studies actual use cases that are happening um, today uh, that, that the audience can, pen, can potentially learn from, as well as thinking about sort of, you know, the next generation of this technology where um, our speakers see its greatest possibilities for implementation down the road. Um, the other thing that I would sort of call out um, is making sure that we are covering this across different functional roles within the organization, because I do genuinely believe that one of the reasons that AI has the potential to be so transformative is because it has the potential to disrupt at the enterprise level, right? So whereas some of the previous innovations that we've talked about as an industry have been very focused on, you know, marketing, merchandising, whatever it might be, there are applications here across store operations, across marketing, um, you know, personalization, uh, supply chain. And so I think it's really our goal to, to sort of highlight the fact that, um, you know, the possibilities here are, are somewhat endless, but, you know, in a way that's that's tempered and and, and, and not, you know, buzzword colada. Yeah, Christian, okay, so... The question I have for you on that too, especially as you're speaking to people and also keeping in mind, like we're coming out of the metaverse hype, right? Where that was like super hyped up and people have some like meta metaverse fears that that's potentially happening again with generative AI. As you go into the show, do you think generative AI is properly hyped, overhyped or underhyped? Like what, how would you answer that question? It's a really interesting one. If you had asked me Two weeks ago, I might have said overhyped, but I'm actually going to flip and say underhyped. Um, underhyped, okay. 
through some of the conversations that I have been having, the metaverse, as well as just kind of the pace at which transformation in our industry has happening, has left a lot of the folks that I've been having conversations with recently really reluctant to invest. Um, they're very mm. scared, quite frankly, that they're going to make the wrong investment or invest in a capability today. And then the next best thing is coming out tomorrow. So I'm actually sensing a lot more trepidation around AI than I was expecting. And it feels mm -hmm. even like uh, compared to last year, people are sort of putting their checks and balances in place um, even more so. And I, I do think, Chris, to your point, like it, it does also kind of tie to some of those fears around the metaverse. Mm, interesting. It'll be interesting, yeah. I think, to to hear too, Joe, and you. I'll let you um, answer this question, is just around the different use cases that you've heard of. Christina, you alluded to a little bit to it and how there are different use cases, especially for generative AI in every single in, uh, vertical within the industry. But I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing some examples from some of the speakers that we have coming up or some of the content that you have lined up of just how they're using it, like how they have been testing and learning. But Joe, have, have you come across any use cases or are there any sessions in particular that you're excited about, you know, where we might hear more from, from these industry leaders about how they're actually applying it right now? Sure, absolutely. Uh, you know, I I counted just yesterday, and there's a good dozen sessions on the Shop Talk agenda that have sure. AI kind of in them to some extent, um, which is way more than we did the metaverse two years ago. Uh, I'll say right. in a slight defense of that very metaverse <laughs> Shop Talk we had. Um, but I think as as far as sessions, I'm especially excited about. You know, we're, we're doing a session, not necessarily generative AI specific, though there will be some of that about artificial intelligence stores. I think when people talk about AI and Gen mm. AI, they talk a lot about digital marketing, um, product information, uh, marketing creative. But I think there's a huge potential for AI to help store associates do their jobs yep. better um, as well. And so we've we've got this session on the agenda about how AI is, is changing the store experience. Um, we've got Lowe's on that session, Domino's and Paxson all kind of talking mm. about applications of AI in, in, in the store, in the physical world, as opposed to in the digital world. So that's what I'm really excited about. Um, as far as generative AI specifically, we've got a session focused on case studies. Um, one of the speakers there is Ting Tsai, who's the chief digital officer at Rakuten. Um, I think most of us in the States think of Rakuten and think of Rakuten Rewards, the kind of um, incentivized buying and, and getting, getting cash back program. But Rakuten in Japan is a giant marketplace. They kind of operate across all retail verticals. And I think it's going to be really interesting to hear him talk about some of the generative AI tools that they're putting in their small merchant partners' hands around, again, kind of helping them tell their stories better in ways that resonate more with customers who are finding new brands, new um, new retail uh, opportunities through, through the, the marketplace that they operate there. Um, we also have a, a VP of... Um, Global Data Analytics and AI at Kelanova, Rob Burse, is going to be talking a little bit about what, on the CPG side, they're doing specifically with generative AI. And not to tip our hand too much, but he's going to be talking a bit about synthetic data and synthetic audiences, right? Huh. CPG companies have never had all the data that they wanted, yeah. but uh, Kelanova is at least experimenting with ways to leverage generative AI to kind of simulate what shoppers are doing, what they're thinking, how they're acting. So you kind of almost don't need a human focus group anymore because you can have AI be your Ooh. focus group to give you what probably reflects the real world's reaction to a product innovation, a packaging innovation, a marketing message. So I think that's super interesting and, and one application I hadn't really heard of before I started talking with him. That's really cool, Joe. I, I think that leads really well into the next question that I want to ask you. And that's, 
you know, when we've been talking to retailers, we've been hearing a lot about specific emphasis on making sure that your omni-channel fundamentals are in place. So what, what are the right things that you're doing now? What needs to change? Like focus groups, for example, like what, what adjustments do you need to make to your business and what do you need to really make sure are rock solid before you kind of go into some of these new technologies or new opportunities in retail? How are you approaching that topic with some of the content that we'll be hearing about at Shop Talk? Sure. So I think sticking with AI for another minute, I absolutely think one of the things that we've heard time and time again from speakers um, as we've been selecting folks to go on stage and talk about it is really just the importance of the foundations being in place. You can't really do anything great with generative AI if the data that goes into that generative right. AI right. isn't, it doesn't have to be perfect. I, I think some people go too far and think that yeah. the data lakes or clouds or whatever need to be absolutely pristine before AI will help. AI doesn't need data to be perfect, but it does need to be above a certain threshold of goodness before you can trust that the analysis and the outputs will um, will be useful and, and match reality. So I think that that kind of, Think about the fundamentals, understand what you need as a baseline foundation, and then build on top of that is really important regardless of what aspect of retail innovation we're talking about. Um, shifting to the omni-channel topic, uh, which has been near and dear to our hearts at ShopDoc for a while now, for, for a little while, ShopDoc has been trying to get the industry to retire the word omni-channel. I oh, think Joe, don't say that. That, that, <laughs> that hits me right in the heart, Joe, but go ahead. I, go ahead. I know, know. I, I know. I mean, it's it's... It's had a good long run, Omnichannel has, but like when when I hear it, I, I kind of it kind of sounds like multimedia to me. Like, mm. like it just sort of sounds like a word. The multi-channel hangover. Yes, I got like it. 10 years ago, maybe. And I, I think the, the biggest issue with omnichannel as a term, I mean omni talk, I love it. Um, thanks, buddy. Thanks. Nice recovery, <laughs> Joe. Nice recovery. <laughs> too many, too many retailers that live in kind of, you know, that, that 10 years ago world kind of think, you know, if I'm doing well at Omnichannel, if I've got like my physical ducks in a row and yeah. my digital ducks in a row. Right. And like these days it's all one giant flock of ducks. And if you still kind of think in that sort of siloed way and, and think that you're doing well, as long as your, your e-com is, is working and your physical is working, you're kind of missing so many opportunities because we all kind of live a much more fluid back and forth between the digital and the real world life these days. And so retailers, it need, need to kind of reflect that as well. And so the, the phrase that we've been using for the last year is unified retail or unified commerce. Um, there'll be a lot about that at Shop Talk Fall, which Christina mentioned at the outset of the conversation. There's quite a bit about it uh, here at, at Shop Talk in, in Vegas as, as well. So so unified retail, again, this idea that, that you know, Omni is super important, but but Omni in that older sense of kind of kind of executing right in a silo is uh, is is where we're trying to move the industry away from. I was just gonna gonna chime in there um, because you know it wouldn't be shop talk uh, if we didn't have a framework for this. Um, so the way that we've actually been thinking about this internally is is um, it's funny too as, as Joe is talking about sort of you know moving away from channels. It's funny to me that as retailers say consumers don't shop in channels anymore. The very word that they use to describe that still has the word channel. So that's you know probably a conversation for another day. But um, as we think about unified, the way we've been talking about it is that it requires kind of four different things. Um, one is of course um, you know combining the channels. Um, one is um, combining uh, you know the organization, unifying the organization. And right. To as as Joe was kind of alluding to before, our our uh, unified uh, tech stack and unified data platform. So um, those are kind of the four pillars that we'll be introducing as as kind of the shop talk definition for what unified retail is uh, at the show in a couple of weeks. And I'm curious, are there any are, are there there was one there was one session that stood out to me like the Wayfair session. Like I'm curious because it seems like they're in the crucible 
of trying to understand how do you extend your brand from an omni-channel perspective. And so I'm curious if, if that is one of the sessions you guys would key in on, or are there others too that get at this point? Cause I think it goes back to what you said at the outset too, Christina, like people are, people are a little under hyping AI because they're not really sure if they should focus on it yet. They're still, it's still the show me the money year of retail tech investments. So, so what are some of the sessions that people should look forward to or bookmark now around getting the foundation in place? You know, I think there's, there's, three or four different sessions I'd point to as far as um, really kind of the ones where leaders focused on the unified future of commerce will be speaking. And and Christina's point, uh, we just confirmed the chief commercial officer at Foot Locker to give a track keynote uh, on kind of that that session about kind of the, the senior leader view of the unified retail future. So Foot Locker has definitely been at the forefront of tying its store experiences increasingly tightly to uh, digital experiences. And so it'll be really interesting to hear Frank Bracken um, talk about how they're doing that. The other half of that session is the CEO of Michael's, which I think, you know, I, I think of Michael's primarily as a physical retailer, just because when I want to kind of buy some crafting supplies, I generally go as opposed to ordering online, but but they've just launched a whole online marketplace where creators that are fans of Michael's can actually sell the products that they make through, through Michael's marketplace now. Right sell their expertise too. They're doing kind of digital training sessions and things like that as well. And I think um, that that combination of Frank Bracken from Foot Locker and Ashley Buchanan from Michaels is going to be a really interesting view from the most senior leaders at their respective organizations of, of you know, kind of getting those foundations of unified retail right and then executing on them. Yeah, it's an interesting question. Yeah, how, how do I think I need my fabric by the yard, Joe? Do I need to go into the store or can I get that delivered to my home? Um, <laughs> all right, well, let's shift gears a little bit. So one new topic that I don't think I, I don't think Ann and I have seen it on the agenda in the past, and I know you guys will call me out if if it has been there and I and we just missed it. So please do if I got this wrong. But but it looks like you're leaning a lot more this year into employee safety and shrink. No surprise on the latter part. But why is that? And 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 what do you hope to impart on the audience around those topics particularly? The the planning process of the shop talk agenda i i joke sometimes that the minute one shop talk wraps you know we're already starting to plan the agenda for the next one and it's true that the last the wrap up session at every shop talk is a a kind of recap but one of the questions we ask the audience in those those recap sessions right. is what do you want to hear from us next year what didn't you hear enough on stage this year um so you know kind of i'd say it wasn't right after shop talk but in the summer and fall of last year as we were really blocking out what we wanted to put on the agenda. It was really that moment when there was a lot of talk about store safety, organized retail theft, um, not just store safety, but associate safety as well. Associate and safety. so we, we we thought a lot about how to cover it. And I think as, as you see the steps that retailers are taking to combat all of those challenges, they kind of tend to come across as fairly not customer friendly. They're kind of the opposite of, you know, kind of that strong imperative towards making shopping more frictionless, more friendly, more personalized, more convenient in store. Um, when your deodorant is behind a plexiglass barrier and you can't get to it unless some associate kind of finds the time to come and unlock it for you. That's the opposite of what physical retail should be. And so all of that in mind, we decided to put a session on our technology track, which features founders and CEOs of really cool, innovative technology vendors talking That's about awesome. specific solutions of theirs that help with these problems of store safety and associate safety um, in hopefully a way that is still consumer friendly at the same time. So, you know, in the past, we've had 
folks like Trigo and Standard uh, who use machine vision in stores, but mm -hmm. you know, mainly around frictionless checkout and, and kind of planogram compliance and those sorts of applications. This year, our, our session on store safety and, and security is going to feature uh, a company called Radar, which uses RFID technologies, a company called Vision that's using computer vision, uh, a company called Indime that is actually making those kind of plexiglass barrier experiences faster and more user-friendly, mm. a company called Nightscope that is doing autonomous in-store security robots. Um, wow. So I think, you know, four very different applications um, that, that retailers are beginning to try as they look to make stores still friendly and frictionless, but also very safe as well. I hope that the retailers that we've been talking to, especially the ones we saw at NRF, Chris, remember, like, yeah. it seemed like everybody was just throwing stuff at the wall. They're like, what can we do here? Let's just test this thing or this, you know, module or this type of glass or that, you know, they're, they're just trying to throw every technology they can at the problem. So I think that's really important for the audience listening to this, to, to make sure that you, you note in your schedule when you're planning for shop mm -hmm. talk to make sure to hit those um yeah but, or and i'd say behind the wall too like you know yes. not at the wall they're throwing everything behind the wall too because it's right. a tough question right like in terms of that's why i write the approach here because i there's a lot to learn from where are the puts and takes with employee safety which should i never thought about this until just now until joe was talking about it like it should be the calling card for what you're implementing if if the yes. solution is potentially going to make the environment less safe for employees then it, you got to look differently at it so i think i think that's an important point that joe just pointed out yeah. Well, let's stay on the employee, um, everybody, because I think that that's another thing that we heard a lot about coming out of grocery shop in the fall and then into NRF and now into shop tax agenda this year. There's a lot of focus on investment in employee tools and training. Um, it's a big thing on the mind of retailers as we're heading into 2024. How have you designed this year's agenda to kind of focus on ways to help the frontline worker? Christina, maybe we'll start with you. Yeah, no, um, it's it's a really good question and it's a really good call out too because the, the way that I think about this, even kind of you know transcending what we're going to be covering on the agenda, is the uh, environment that we're operating in these days. Where yes, we need to be prioritizing um, uh, associate safety and we need to be giving them the right tools and technologies, but at the same time, we're seeing a lot of retailers even cutting back on their frontline staff. So right. it's just like this really interesting tension that's happening in the industry right now. And I think um, to your point, Anne, um, as much as we don't want any of these roles to get cut, uh, if they are getting cut you better as heck uh, make sure that the people that you have really know their stuff uh, and are right. able to help the customers um, in a really effective way. Um, and so some of the ways that we are thinking about this actually kind of tie back to a conversation that you guys had with Ben Miller a couple of weeks ago um, on your Fast Five. Um, we actually have Walmart. Um, it is uh, John Alferness, um, who has uh, been in the industry for, for years. And I think he actually spoke at Shopcock back in 2018 in, in a previous gig. Um, but he is now their EVP and Chief Product Officer at Walmart US. And he's going to be mm. talking about some of their associate-facing um, tools that actually were initially developed um, at Sam's Club. It was their Ask Sam tool that have now uh, that's now been rolled out to um, their in-store associates at Walmart. But, but, but the reason that I think he's super timely is, is the conversation that you guys had with Ben about uh, the fact that their store managers now are going to be in a position where they can make, I think it was what, up to $400,000 yeah. a year. So, so not only recognizing, hey, the retail industry is really tough to work in these days, you're dealing with all of these macro um, factors, but hey, also the job's getting a lot harder because we're expecting you to be able to sort of uh, serve not only as uh, the touch point for 
even higher levels of customer service, but also be able to sort of implement um, the technology capabilities that are going to create this unified experience, tying together e-com, tying together physical store fulfillment, et cetera. So um, it felt like a big one that we that we really needed to make sure um, we were covering. And I'm doing that interview, so definitely a, a plug for, for that <laughs> session with John. Um, but the other thing that I would call, and I think these are particularly interesting as well, you know, we talked about unified before, um, but we're hearing more and more, I would say, from um, the folks that we're having conversations with about the importance of making sure um, the, the in-store tech solutions are, are sort of aligned with that unified vision. And so um, Jason Gowanus, who is the uh, 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 chief digital officer at Levi Strauss, is actually going to be talking about um, that very concept, as well as um, sort of how you're not only unifying, but simplifying um, your tech stack uh, yeah. along the way. Um, and we're also going to be hearing from Shannon Hennessy, who is the CEO of Habit Burger Grill, which is one of the newer uh, banners under the Yum Brands portfolio mm -hmm. about how effectively they're sort of using technology to be able to um, prepare orders closer to delivery time or pickup time um, for consumers in their store. So I think there's a lot of really interesting things that are going on here uh, to, to be able to equip store associates um, with technologies to make things run a little bit uh, more seamlessly. Um, and and uh, I think obviously that the next step of that is getting the associates on board with using these, these capabilities. Yeah, it's a really interesting thread you've got me thinking about, Christina, because like, you know, the, pan the pandemic came and it kind of set the table for what the expectations are of retailers for the consumer facing side of their experiences. But the points you're bringing up is, I don't think we've, I don't think we as an industry have a good table stakes understanding of what the employee experience should be through yeah. digital tools and capabilities. So that's something that's something I've, again, never thought about until just talking to you. And, and I want to spend more time on that personally, too, because it's it's a really interesting question like what what should the expectation be of the average employee in a retail store in terms of the tools and tricks they can use to do their job so all right joe i'm gonna go back to you on this one because one of my favorite topics and still open questions in my head is retail media and specifically is it real or is it just a shift in trade spend so i'm curious how do you plan on helping everyone in attendance understand that big matzo ball it's a great question. I Retail media, I think, is probably second right after AI in terms of the things right. that people want to talk about at Shop Talk this year. Um, so there's several places where it's going to come up on the agenda. I think, first and foremost, uh, we're really excited that Colleen Aubrey is going to be joining us. She is the Senior Vice President of Ad Products and Technology at Amazon, who basically invented retail media <laughs> and is still by a large margin, the dominant in terms of revenue share uh, player in, in the retail media space. Seems like she has some expertise, right, Joe? Yeah, it she'll, seems like it, yeah. I, hopefully she'll be able to share some of what they've learned um, that the whole industry can can learn from. As uh, I just saw a forecast, it's funny, the, the forecast I saw a couple of months ago said that retail media was gonna overtake TV ad spend by like 2026. And now it kind of sounds like like it's going to happen this year. Um, wow. so, so clearly there's a lot of dollars and it, it can't just be trade dollars shifting because I don't I don't know that there's enough there to account for all of the growth that no, we're right. in retail media ad spend. Um, so so Colleen Aubrey will be sharing some of her perspective on, on what Amazon has learned. Um, I'm leading an agency focused uh, session in one of our rapid fire formats. So it's kind of think, think like a game show with three really smart people. And, and for sure, I'll be asking agency folks like what they think of retail media um, as either a threat or an opportunity for, for creative and media agencies. 
Um, and then we're doing a retail media focused session uh, where rather than having the retail media networks themselves extol their own virtues, which they'd all love to do, um, we're going to have two brands, two folks who are buying retail media, talk about what they're getting from their partners, what they're still lacking when it comes to data, standards, reporting, anything like that. Um, we've also got uh, an executive from Pinterest. Uh, Carrie Sweeney is a VP of retail partnerships at Pinterest. And I thought it was a really interesting perspective that they have, because on the one hand, they sell ads. They're a bit competitive with retail media networks. But on the other hand, a lot of retail media networks are selling more than they actually have inventory in-house for. So, so mm. Pinterest is becoming a partner to retail media as well as some of those retail media ad buys spill over into Pinterest. Um, same thing is happening with Connected TV and, and a whole bunch of other um, digital media providers who are kind of seeing these, these interesting competitive but synergistic vibes with the retail media landscape. So, so I think that session is going to provide a lot of perspective for other folks who are thinking about buying retail media and, and hopefully some of the sellers of retail media as well. Wow. All oh, right. wait, one more thing. I forgot. Oh, yeah, yeah. please. I'm getting excited. I should also plug our table talks, right? One, one of the oh, aspects yeah. of Top Talk that's not on stage is you know, for retailers and brands in the audience, they can sign up for kind of small group, unmoderated um, conversations over lunch at the show. We're doing one of those specific to retail media as well. Um, that is for, for brands only, for the buy side only to kind of give people a chance to maybe vent uh, or, or share their experiences and expertise and some of what they're seeing as emerging best practices for working with uh, retailers in this new capacity. That's really cool, Joe. I think that also opens up almost a new audience that who may not have attended Shop Talk before. Like I, I advise a couple of advertising agencies, and it's been interesting to just like talk mm. to them about this. And now it's not just the the brands and retailers themselves, but it's really the agencies around them that are supporting making those strategic retail media buys and figuring out how retail media kind of fix fits into their overall strategy of what kind of media and what kind of touch points they're trying to reach consumers in. So I'm, I'm excited about that. And those of you listening who are my advertising people, this is a, this is another opportunity for you. My good brethren. Yes. It is such a fascinating moment, right? Where it feels like mm -hmm. retail media or commerce media, some people are calling it is following the same general evolutionary path as digital advertising did, but it's doing it so much faster yes. where we've kind of gone from zero to 60 in, I don't know, 18 months as opposed to five or 10, 10 years. Yes, absolutely. Well, let's shift gears to another topic that was not nearly covered as much as retail media, but, um, but we certainly have been getting a lot of feedback from our audience that it should become yeah, more of a priority and that's sustainability. Um, I'd love to hear Christina, What's your honest assessment of kind of where that topic is at right now in the minds of retailers and brands and in the shop talk agenda? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's good to hear uh, that you guys are getting some calls to action about that. Um, I wouldn't say we have been getting the same, um, but I do also really? think sometimes that's a little bit biased um, by our audience and by kind of what their what their roles are in the organization. Um, the way that we tend to think about it is, yes, we need to make sure that we're covering sustainability in some explicit ways on the agenda. So the one session I would call out um, to, to folks who are especially interested in this topic would be our session on setting, measuring, and achieving sustainability goals. Um, we are going to be having when 
Wendy, um, who is the Chief Strategy and Transformation Officer over at Deneau North America, talk about some of the work that they are doing um, in order to decide how to measure and implement some of their sustainability projects, you know, whether they are uh, related to regenerative agriculture, circular packaging, curb curbing emissions, um, what have you. Um, I would say, though, by and large, the way that we have really approached sustainability um, as a topic at Shop Talk is to make it feel a little bit more integrated into the broader agenda. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, one that I would really point out is that it seems to me, this is this is my personal opinion, I'm uh, mm -hmm. not, not here to try to represent shop talk, but, but it seems to me that sustainability is sometimes one of those topics where people sort of feel like it's everybody else's problem, right? Um, there's, mm -hmm. there's, you know, maybe one central function in an organization that's really sort of owning that. And so the people in the e-com roles, the people in you know, whatever other roles are, are attending shop talk tend to sort of like silo that and think, okay, well, that's not going to, um, you know, really impact my day-to-day -day job. So I'm not going to attend a session on that. So where we found there's a lot more success is finding ways to cover sustainability where it does feel like it's everybody's responsibility and everybody's right. opportunity. And, and, and specifically, you know, how can you leverage technology? Um, how can you um, optimize your fulfillment network? Um, you know, things like that, that can really sort of help you move the needle within your own function um, in the organization. So a lot Along those lines, I would say, you know, a couple of other ways that we are covering this topic. Um, we're going to be having um, Shailesh Jajurikar, who is the COO um, from Procter & Gamble, P&G. He's going to be in our keynote stage talking about how they um, at P&G are digitizing their supply chain, um, you know, just kind of to help with things like demand forecasting um, and to really sort of help make their um, supply chain more efficient and, of course, at the same time, um, more sustainable. Um, and then along a similar line, um, talking about topics like improving demand forecasting and inventory planning, again, in a similar vein, it sort of um, ticks both boxes. It helps you operate um, not just more efficiently, but but also in a way that's that's better for the planet. That's yeah, I wow. love that. I love that sentiment, Christina, because I think that's, you know, we, we were just talking with Ben about this on the, on our fast five, a couple of weeks ago about how, you know, innovation can't be separated from the industry. It's like sustainability can't be separated from the day-to-day -day of the industry anymore too. And so I'm glad to hear that, well, it's not going to be a track, which people can be like, oh, I've got something else. It's not pertinent to my day-to-day -day in the business that you're going to really be keeping that as a consistent thread through the content. Yep, exactly. Well, the other thing it makes me think about too is like you know all this stuff always starts from the top down so i'm wondering if there is an analogy here where like with the digital evolution of retail like it took 10 to 20 years for everyone to get on board with that and it's you know it took a pandemic really for it to happen and so i wonder if we're going to follow the same pattern with sustainability in terms of the industry getting around it and when the top-down leadership starts to focus on it. i know it's going to be a topic that i'm going to discuss overtly on stage in my rapid fire panel where I'm talking about the technologies that'll shape retail for the next decade. So definitely you can, if you're interested in learning more about that, you should check that out too. So, all right, so let's get you both out of here on this. If you had to pick one session, this is like Solomon's choice. Oh. If you had to pick one session, just one, which one are you looking forward to the most? Christina, let's go to you first. I hate having to pick my favorite child. It's, you know, it's tough. We we're very close to this agenda for a full calendar year. It breaks my heart, but I have decided. Um, okay. And I'm going to leverage my background as a reporter to give you my answer so that it feels as unbiased as it possibly can. Um, but my pick number one um, is definitely Tony Spring, um, who Ooh, is going one. to be delivering a keynote yeah. uh, on the first day of the show. Um, you will have been in the CEO role at Macy's for uh, a number of weeks uh, when he hits our stage. He will actually be presenting uh, his go forward strategy for the company mm -hmm. from our keynote stage. So I think 
everyone knows, you know, Jeff Gannett recently left. He had been um, implementing what he called the Polaris strategy there. So thinking about things like, you know, off mall, smaller locations, really leaning into private label. And so I'm really interested to hear how much of that strategy is going to continue under Tony and what's uh, what's going to be new. Awesome. Awesome. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. That might be my personal favorite too. I don't know. I have to, I have to think about it more, but Joe, what about you? Put you on the spot. Christina kind of stole mine. I, I know, right? I've been a Macy's fan for a, a good long time now. It's, I'm going to cheat a little bit and say it's so tempting to say that uh, hearing from the uh, two presidents of Mattel who are going to have on on the Monday of the show talking about kind of how that brand is reinventing itself would oh. be my favorite. But but having name dropped that, uh, I, I'm going to say I'm most looking forward to a session we're doing on Sunday about legacy brands reinventing themselves for new generations. This is one of our track mm. sessions. It's, it's absolutely stacked. And I think, you know, ShopDog has always been a venue for up and coming new disruptive brands to tell their stories. And we have a lot of that on the agenda. But but I think the last few years have been kind of really interesting for, for brands that have been around for a while, really to kind of seize some of those new digital tactics and technologies and use them to reinvent themselves. So this, this session about legacy brands, we got the CMO of Crocs, the CEO of Forever 21, and the president of the Americas and Global from Taco Bell, um, all just kind of talking about what they're doing with their brands the technologies and, and people skills that they're deploying to stay at the forefront of you know, the imaginations, the hearts and minds of uh, consumers, both old and young. So I'm really excited to hear that, that set of conversations. Oh, Winnie's great. We talked to Winnie last year and that woman, CEO of Forever 21, Winnie Park, she's She's a fun one to talk to too. I I think both of those sessions are going to be just excellent, and especially Tony Spring. I have a feeling we're going to have a full room, standing room only uh, experience for that conversation. <laughs> That's a pretty big get for both of you. Well, uh, I want to thank you both so much for joining us today. You're so fun, so insightful as always. Um, we need to wrap up though with this very important detail. One, when is Shop Talk? And two, right. how do people register? Uh, Christina, you want to take that one? Sure. Um, so Shop Talk is coming to a Mandalay Bay uh, near you, uh, starting on St. Patrick's Day. So March seventeenth uh, to the twentieth are uh, are the days of the show this year. So so slightly earlier than it's been in the past. But hey, you can still watch your March Madness games uh, while you're while you're dipping in and out of sessions. Uh, you can play some bets uh, while you're there as well. Uh, not not to encourage that, but uh, you know. If you're there, you keep it fun. You're home. already there. Why not? <laughs> Uh, but aside from that, in terms of key dates uh, to make sure you are registered by, um, we would say February 23rd um, is definitely the date for everyone to mark on their calendar. So that is coming up very, very quickly. It is this Friday. Um, the reason that date uh, is so important is that for anyone who is participating in our meetup program, which for anyone um, who isn't familiar with that is effectively our uh, massive meetings program where we'll be be facilitating 75,000 meetings taking place over the course of the Shop Talk event. They're double opt-in meetings, um, really uh, highly impactful, really highly rated. Um, and effectively, uh, that date will allow you to have time to select who you want to meet with and also be in the platform with your profile already completed so that people can select to meet with you. So um, that's the deadline. Um, I also know that you guys, uh, your listeners, have an opportunity to get a little bit of a discount um, by entering um, the code OmniTalk. Uh, not unified talk, Omni talk, uh, <laughs> yes. and that'll be for ten percent off, yeah, uh, off your ticket. <laughs> 
Chris, uh, Christina did that better than you have in the past. I know she, she remembered she, she, Omni talk, not Omni start. Omni talk starts with the no. Yes. Yep. I resemble that remark. And yes, I know I will never live that down, but thanks for always twisting the knife. Yep. It's good. It's good. My job. Well here. done. Well My done. Well done. Uh, well, that wraps us up. Thanks so much, Christina Gustafson and Joe Lazlo for sitting down with us today. And thanks to all of you for listening. We'll see you in March at Shop Talk. And as always, on behalf of all of us here at Omni Talk, be careful out there. 